Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Miami Dolphins' fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. We've got the Miami Dolphins podcast network in the house. Seth Levitt from the Fish Tank. I am Travis Wingfield, host of the Drive Time podcast. And Big Seth... We're back, man. The 2022 season is underway, and I know it's just exhibition football, but man, it feels good to evaluate the guys in aqua and orange tonight and to get a dub. Dolphins win 26-24. Big Seth, how are we doing tonight, man? Couldn't be better. It feels great to be back. It's almost like we never left, Travis. And what is better than a barn burner, like you said, preseason football that goes right down to the wire there, a missed kick. How about Can we talk about Mike McDaniel's impact on this team already? Uh, massive I, I see the kicker <laughs> i mean like 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 he's been doing it his whole life yeah, i mean that that was the the la- <laughs> the footnote on my mcdaniel kind of blurb here i wanted to talk about and i guess we're gonna Did leave with coach no you didn't I, I wanted to get to him first so you kind of took me right into it the, the first part that i thought was great about coach mcdaniel's coaching debut and victorious coaching debut 26 24 was the first touchdown the offense scored the shot play off the quick change off the turnover i mean that's that's what that's what a lot of the good offenses do. You make a quick change and you come out and you strike big for the touchdown and all of a sudden you've got two big plays and it can be very demoralizing. How about the taking the timeout at the end of the first half I thought was great. Got the extra play. You Get talked about stealing reps, in. right? That's what you want to see. So it's a practice, right? Don't waste any reps. Whether it's mental, whether it's visual, whether it's on the field itself, that's what he did. And then you mentioned it there. He's one for one in his career. Icing kickers. <laughs> the form was great, I thought. The hand met the top of the fingers. Timeout gets called. He makes the kick that he iced him on, misses the kick when it matters, and Dolphins are 1-0 here in the month of August. 1-0 <laughs> in the month of August. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than that. Look, we've been waiting a long time for some football here. It's been seven months. I counted it. Counted it single-handedly. 216 days since the last time we got to see these guys in the aqua and orange walk out in the field and they turned the clock on. They actually turned the clock on and they came away with a W and that's what we're here for. The best sport in the world and it's the shortest season we get. It seems kind of cruel that way but McDaniel I think obviously gets gets his first career victory so kind of the story there tonight but under center, we talk about that position every single week on the postgame show here. We're going to go right back to it because rookie Skylar Thompson, speaking of first career victory, Big Seth, 20 for 28, 218 yards, a touchdown, a 106 passer rating, and three rushes for 25 yards. But most of all, 
he had you pretty fired up all night long. I was fired up from start to finish. It, uh, it was here. I was here for the Skylar Thompson show. <laughs> you certainly were. And he brought it. Now, listen, uh, you know, we can have fun with it. And preseason's the time, right? You find the, you find the last guy on the roster there to line up under center, and everybody gets excited because he rallies a team uh, against the guy who's going to be at UPS or Kinko's <laughs> the next day or whatever it might there. be. And, and No, I mean, it just it is what it is, yeah. and people get excited. Oh, you should be the star. This isn't about that, but – this guy played the entire game. Played the entire game. I don't know that I've seen that before. Usually you see the starting quarterback or somebody go in there and get a series, get three reps, you know, hand the ball off three times and get out of there. Played the entire game, and it didn't look too big for him, Travis. I mean, he he looked like an NFL quarterback to me. Yeah, there were some throws. You know, if you're going to throw it away, throw it away, Skyler. There's some <laughs> things that we're going to talk about. But, uh, you know, he certainly has the physical tools. I think we've heard that uh, if you listen to drive time. If you listen to drive time at all, he's got the physical tools. He's got the big arm. He stands up there tall in the pocket. But he, he had pocket presence. He was cool under pressure. He, he, he did not look like a guy playing his first NFL game. And that's exciting. What, that, what does that mean on the roster? What do you, maybe it presents more problems than it does, you know, because you, usually you see a guy taken late and they're going to bury him in the practice squad. Well, if he keeps making noise like this, they might have to make some hard decisions. But it was fun to watch him play. Because the rest of the NFL gets that tape, too. And, of course, if you try to stake him on the practice squad, then you lose. You take the risk of losing him altogether. But that's that's a long way down the road. Long way. I'm glad you mentioned the pocket presence because my first note on him was how his eyes stayed downfield. I've been field. peeking at your notepad all day. I just <laughs> want you to know that. As, we, as he's doing an interview on field right now with Kim Bocamper on W4. But uh, he kept his eyes downfield during you know all these pressure situations. And that was cool to see because... You know, practice. You no know, one loves practice like Travis Wingfield, right? That's <laughs> that's kind of the backup to the no one loves preseason practice. football like I do. But you don't get a chance to really see quarterbacks have to feel that pressure because they have that red stop sign for a jersey on that keeps the defense off of them. But tonight, when the Bulls are live, he looked pretty dang good. The feet were the feet were active. He kind of got off that spot and moved the ball with his legs and his arm. Obviously, I thought the accuracy was pretty good on most of his throws. The the shot up the sideline to Mohamed Sanu on the uh, game winning drive there. That ball took him right into a big run after the catch, which is so critical, even when the guy's wide open, to, to put that ball in that position to help him maximize the play. But I also want to go back to your very first point about the fact that he played the entire game. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, after one of those scrambles where he kind of cuts back in and tries to make a play, <laughs> hey, good play, young buck, but go ahead and get down because I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable you over here on the bench. You think he was saying that, a little veteran move there? Like, I'm not trying to tie my shoes here right <laughs> now, fellas, so don't, don't get yourself too banged up. I got to go find my helmet because you know if, if you're going to be doing that stuff, I got to get ready. But I don't, I don't want to do it. So no, that was that was a big part of the game, obviously. But it kind of turned around there a little bit, Seth, and the defense got things cooking late in the first half. A couple of plays, a couple of turnovers, and you know that was was it the first half or the second half when they got the takeaways? Now I'm now I'm forgetting. I think it was the first half. It was the first half. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the big takeaways that led to the big plays late in that first half. That was, I mean. That was kind of the point that I wanted to go to right here because last year and, you know, the couple of years we've known each other, this Dolphins defense has a way of when the game's kind of, you know, maybe not going their way or maybe it's kind of stuck in the mud a little bit, here comes the defense for a big sack, a big takeaway, and that was the case again tonight. Yeah, it was great to see. And look, it, it, apparently it doesn't matter who's out there. It, it's just they're being coached up that way. We know that turnovers are important to this defense, to, to every defense, but this defense certainly butters their bread with turnovers. But when you have turnovers converted to points, now you're, you know, now you're really cooking, as you like to say. And that's exactly what happened here. And, and 
and you know we talked about this a little bit travis is that you know we're watching this we cheer for that logo we love seeing that dolphin on the side of the helmet and doesn't it doesn't matter who you were yesterday you put that helmet on today you're you know you're our guy you're on our squad and some of these guys we knew and we were familiar with and some of these names we're just getting to know but that looked like a Miami Dolphins defense we were familiar with. That was what you were saying during the game. Like, I'm seeing these guys in these aqua jerseys, and maybe I don't necessarily know, like, intimate details about all 90 of them, but here I am getting Doesn't fired matter. up. Yeah, it's that, it's that logo, it's that color, it's that jersey that just kind of gets you saying, like, I want to I see him succeed. So that's what we're looking at here. But you get the Elijah Campbell interception, which, by the way, snag that thing with your feet. I'm sure he probably didn't think that would be his first career pick taking it with the ankles down there, but still a great play to go down and dig that thing out. And that came off of a Darius Hodge pressure, which kind of forced that quick throw there, and he was able to close on that short pass as a result of that. And then Darius Hodge comes back with a sack fumble that Sam Egwavon picks up and takes it back to the house for the touchdown. So I thought that was, you know, we talked about the big plays, man, the big splash plays. McDaniel coming back with the shot play after the interception that it was, and so you get these touchdowns in quick succession. And that ultimately wins the game for the Dolphins tonight, Big Seth. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you just kind of gave us a great recap of everything that happened there. And again, look, it's preseason football. I know you love it. I know Dolphin <laughs> fans are fired up and they have a good reason to be. And you certainly, it's always better to, to come out with more points than the other team at the end of the day. But the reality is, is you just want to see progression. If you hear Coach McDaniel say that, he wants to see people learn. He wants to see if there's mistakes made, that they're not going to make the same mistakes, you know, the next day. And, and hopefully we saw a lot of that. But I think there was a lot to take away from this game beyond just the fact that they ended up winning in the end. Because ultimately, I don't think that that's critically important. In Baltimore, maybe it's critically important. <laughs> Here, I think it's more about, you know, are you improving? Are you watching certain guys? You texted OJ and I a list at the beginning of the game there, and you said, hey, here's guys that I want to watch, and I want to hear more about what you thought about those guys. But I, I think there was a lot of good to take away. But I, I, I am on the Skylar, the Skylar Thompson train. I, I, That's what I'm riding from all the opening drive. Season. I felt that from you. Yeah, well, from the opening drive, I think before, before they kicked the thing off, yeah. I told you. Go back and check the Twitter feed. <laughs> hey, it's, that's the receipts. We'll pull the receipts out when we do good, too, not just when we do something wrong. So if you haven't heard, the third member of our, our broadcast here, OJ, was with us for most of the game tonight, but he is attending to a family matter. So, OJ, we're thinking about you, big dog. We'll look forward to having you back next week here when the Dolphins take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Mazda. You've got to get to Gunther Mazda in Fort Lauderdale to experience a new Mazda SUV on 441, just north of I-590 or visit GuntherMazda.com for car buying done your way. You've got to get to Gunther Mazda. Again, the final score, 26-24 from Raymond James Stadium. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show presented by the Palm Beaches. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppressal and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. It's a Dolphins 26-24 to win. We'll take it here in the exhibition. And Seth, let's go ahead and jump into our key players, our game balls here, uh, sponsored by Ed Morse. When you buy Morse, you're backed by Morse with the prize protection promise from Ed Morse Sawgrass Auto Mall. And Seth, game ball section here. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to you to give out our first game ball. Well, I think I kind of maybe tipped my hand a little bit. And giving out game balls this early, I mean, this is, I guess we just couldn't wait to do it. I got to give a game ball to Skylar Thompson. Again, it's got his first NFL game. He's got to carry the load from start to finish. And, and, and it wasn't too big for him, like I said earlier. He looked like a legitimate NFL quarterback, as you said, 20 for 28, 218. He gets the touchdown in there. Great ball. Uh, uh, you know, Lynn Bowden wrote, ran a great route, was probably had – he could have smoked a cigarette. He could have had a drink back there. He had a lot of time. But that ball hit him right there in the end zone, scores a touchdown there. 106 rating. I, I loved watching the guy play. And he was having fun. He was composed. He was getting great support from his teammates. Tua looked like he was loving every minute of it. Tua was loving every minute of it. As you said, I think I think Teddy just wanted a kid to not get hurt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Skylar Thompson has to walk away with a game ball for this one. It reminds me of a great moment at training camp this year when they, they all took uh, turns throwing 50-yard passes into a passing net in the corner of the end zone. and you know People were so fired up for that. It was, it was a crowd-pleasing event. They knew what they were doing. It got us all juiced up. And it actually got the quarterbacks hot that day after a slow start, which is a whole other topic. Right. That I, it's a drive-time topic. We're not here for the post game show but my game ball well I've probably got about 12 to give out because you, you said in, <laughs> you're going with the field <laughs> yeah. I take Thompson you got the field yeah Juice had Lynn Bowden which I th- he had the big touchdown catch a big play as well I don't know his final stats we'll get that pulled up for you guys here in just one second but I kind of tipped my hand too it was Darius Hodge I mean the the big play to impact the quarterback to turn into an interception and then come right back with a sack fumble. We saw him getting that hand up into guys' shoulder pads and running him off the spot, taking him right into the quarterback. He's had a really good camp so far, Seth. So to see him continue that and put that pass rush package together in a game day situation, impact a game that way and make a game changing play. To me, it's got to be Darius Hodge, who I think has a real chance well, to make this roster. Two game changing plays, you said. I mean, his pressure led to the interception as well, right? So I mean, it's not always. We love sacks. You know I sure as hell do. But uh, if you force a bad throw, and again, turnovers, and turnovers lead to points, that's how you win ball games. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, uh, now are you going to give out more game balls? Because I do agree with that one. I am, but that's a, that's a good way to make a roster, though, for Darius Hodge. I mean, Yeah, it's... I would say so. I mean, <laughs> make an impact there. And as you said, Limbo Jr. is Juice's game. But three for 55, he had the touchdown, had the 29-yard reception. I think he also had a punt return for about yep. 18, 19 yards. So he looked sharp out there. You know, he's been pretty fired up on Twitter, and he, he said he's been waiting for this moment. Spent a lot of time with Tua in the offseason. Didn't get Tua 
in this first game, but it looks like he likes the way Skylar Thompson's spinning it too. It's good to see him get some action too because he, it's been a pretty quiet camp for Lynn Bowden, but you know, Mike McDaniel addressed his skill set back when he first got here saying that he likes guys that have different skills skill sets, especially position players that can throw the football. We know Lynn was a quarterback his final year there at Kentucky. So he looked like a receiver tonight, he, right? He's not, I mean, it wasn't he's not the trick plays. About. It, wasn't, it wasn't the reverses. And, you know, we saw a lot of uh, – apparently he's good at playing tag, right? I mean, is that what we heard a former yeah, offensive right. coordinator say here? He must have been good at playing tag. He looked like a receiver. He looked like a wideout tonight. And, and, and he made plays doing so. He was on the Blitnikoff watch list his second-to-last season at Kentucky. So that's one of the top receivers in the country in college. So he comes out and has a big night. And just the fact that he got that much run, got an opportunity, and made the most of it, I thought was really cool for him to have that. And see if he can carry it into the next week and just keep this thing going because that's what he's going to have to do to kind of continue to make that impression. My other game ball, Seth, I, <laughs> I want to go back there here. There it is. Here, here's a guy that – here's a guy. I want to give the one of them to you because you're so you were talking fondly about him. But I'll start on the offensive line. I told you and Juice I wanted to see that right side with Austin Jackson and Rob Hunt, and I thought they looked really dang good. Skylar Thompson, a couple of those completions early on to the right side of the formation, and so your eyes kind of took you there, and you saw Austin getting into his pass set and anchoring against pass rushers one-on-one. Big Rob kind of squeezing that thing and preventing games from getting free in that gap, and then once his man comes off, he's over there getting a rack of ribs and helping Austin. That's a you know 2020 draft class right there. If they turn into the right side of the offensive line, you have to feel really, really good about it. I thought they played great tonight. I also thought Duke Riley played really well, Seth. That was the guy you were talking about. In the I was room. excited to watch Duke Riley play. I mean, he plays fast. He plays, uh, I don't want to say mean, but he's out there trying to make something happen. He likes to wreak havoc, kind of Tasmanian devilish out there, and the hair is flying around. He's smiling. He's wild. It's fun to watch. And he was playing his tail off deep into the, the second quarter. He is a veteran guy. I understand he's not like the starter, but he was playing like a guy trying to make the roster, and that's fun to watch. A four-down player, too right i mean run game sub package special teams doing it all i'm gonna go rapid fire here through some names that i thought played really well tonight we can circle back later on in the show obviously but jalen phillips had back-to-back really good looking pass rushes where he just took his <laughs> like guy a right grown man out there didn't he that's been a continuation of camp a lot of the stuff we've seen tonight you know going back to you know duke riley continuation of training camp and a strong effort so far this summer i thought brandon jones fit the run game really well elijah campbell had the pick but also had a couple of big picks in the game as well keon Crossen had that really good coverage snap down the field Tanner Connor, how about that dude? Not just the tight end position, but on special teams running down there. Uh, Next Gen Stats had a 21-mile-per-hour run from him on that play. Yeah, he was moving, and and when a guy that size is moving like that, I think you see what happens is you start forcing people to do things they're not supposed to do. The yellow flags start coming out. I, you know, I think he would have made the play regardless, and it would have been great field position uh, for the defense, right, to put those guys in that negative field position. But then you get a little extra there because they can't hold you. So, yeah, that was impressive, and, and, and he was moving pretty good out there on offense too. And I think we need to talk about that later in the show. It was interesting to see the way the tight ends were rolled out and how they were utilized it's been a lot of talk about tight ends because there hasn't been a lot of tight end action in practice from what you know from what i hear and on, on drive time for those of you who haven't listened to drive time <laughs> go back there everything's been archived it's great stuff that travis is putting out here but seriously i, I you know i, I read a, an article i think by hal Haben in the palm beach post and he talked about the tight ends and where are the tight ends and what's going to happen 
And and so I, I think we do need to talk about that tight end position. But, yeah, Tanner Connor was he, – he came ready to play. Another continuation from the practices in Tampa Bay. Skyler had him for a couple of touchdowns in that practice, and he seemed to feel a real comfort level with him in that game tonight. I got three more names for you. You're going to love my last <laughs> three one Three more? Yeah, yeah, you're going to love this last one. Cam Good, I thought, had a good showing there, setting the His edge of the running game. His stood out. He, he's quick. Yeah. You mentioned that in the green room. Jason Sanders, I mean, he might he might be game ball worthy. Four for four in field goals, two from 50-plus, and a game winner. You the weapon's back. Sanders, but I'm giving that to Thomas Morstead because yeah. <laughs> I thought the holding was impeccable. That's for you, Sarney. And then my very last one was Jason Taylor. I thought he was phenomenal in the booth tonight. He I was killing me. I will fight on that one. You're going to give so, my boss a game ball. I'll take it. He's going to hand it off to us because we got about 320 of them in our warehouse <laughs> from, from his playing career, but we'll take this one. I remember the garage sale. I'll take some of that. Remember, Billy? I'll take some of that back home. <laughs> We're not selling his game balls, for crying out loud. That was your key player, players of the game, That's sponsored game by balls. Ed Morse. It's the game balls. All the latest GM models are right here at Ed Morse Sawgrass Auto Mall, and they're all backed by Morse. And Dolphins post game is also driven by Gunther Mazda. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther Mazda. Again, the final score from Tampa Bay, the Dolphins 26, the Buccaneers 24. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the official Miami Dolphins Radio Network, where Dolphins fans live. The home of every Miami Dolphins game, AM 560 Sports, WQAM. It's the Dolphins' fifth quarter post-game show here on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Plenty more to come your way, but first let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can ID themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS, WKIS HD1, and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Mabine Accident Attorneys. <laughs> Dolphins fans, you can be here live for NFL action all season long as the official ticket marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster has a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Score tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Head coach Mike McDaniel 1-0 so far here in the preseason and he's at the podium for his press conference. Let's go. We're not going to throw it to Coach. Now we're going to come back and talk more about this game, 26-24. Man, you had me all fired up. Seth was taking a drink of water, getting ready for his favorite segment of the entire program here. But, Seth, we're going to go ahead and go back to some, I guess, some notes that Coach McDaniel kind of referenced there on the on the halftime interview with, with Kim Camper, which you and I both looked at each other and said that was the most unique halftime interview I've ever seen. I think there's going to be a lot of that this year, Travis. <laughs> just the most the unique theme, right? this, the most unique that. I mean, he just is his own man, and he does it differently and and wears it like it's a, you know, a, a fitted suit. And it's fun and it's interesting and, and I you know I just can't wait to see what's next to be quite honest with you. The one thing that I always appreciate that you say about him is like we get these quirky you know the funny stuff that gets the compilations on social media that goes around and everyone's like oh what a fun head coach hope it works out but you're always like no I don't want to focus on that because this guy just kind of seems to get you know a lot of the stuff that that needs to be got to win at this level and he just kind of has a uh, an approach that makes you appreciate the way he approaches you know the game in this position and I thought for him to come out at halftime and kind of talk about we need to be able to run the football better and they get a 21 yard run by Miles Gaskin right. almost instantly just talking about facing some adversity some poor tackling that he mentioned that was you know early in that game we were talking about the Bucks kind of did whatever they want on offense just running the ball down the field tackling wasn't good angles weren't good point of attack wasn't good 
but he kind of goes in there and talks about it at halftime, and they come back out, and it's a different defense in the second half, Juice, or Seth. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what? Let, before bad, I go in, no, <laughs> it's all good. For folks who are listening, downstairs below the studio right now, if you're anywhere near the Citadel, I recommend you go on there because I don't happening. know what kind of damn party they've got. <laughs> But it is bumping. My feet are shaking. My hair is standing up in the back of my neck like I can barely think right now because they're rocking down there. So forgive <laughs> us if we trip up a little bit like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting to hear what Coach said because we were talking about that. It, it, the Bucks looked like they were, they were more physical. They were pushing us around a little bit. And, you know, I said to Juice, it, it's a different game, right? It's, it, you can't have – 22 a days like they did in 1996 in Jimmy Johnson's first year and I think coach talked about doing things that made sense and be, being safe and making sure that uh, for the first game that he's got as many players available to him as possible and so you see some of that and I guess what you sacrifice is your first quarter of your first preseason game that there are some missed tackles that maybe that maybe your offensive linemen are getting blown off the ball a little bit but they settled in those guys kind of settled in they anchored in and and then they started to match the physicality of the Bucks, and, and then we saw what the result was. And so uh, it was interesting to hear him say that. And I I do think that and Nolan's probably going to have to tell him he's going to have to pick up the pace at those <laughs> halftime conversations because especially when you get to the network and they're on those timelines. But there was just there's just always something interesting, always something that you learn, always some real uh, depth of thought there. And I thought Bo got some great stuff out of him. And, and you know, he, Coach either. I think validated the things you might have been thinking at home if you were watching the game or he taught you something that you didn't know yet. And, and, and then clearly he taught those players something as well because, as you said, the things he talked about seemed to get corrected in the second half. The transparency, the fact that what you said there at the end about teaching people, man, like every time he, he goes to the podium, we learn something, and I'm clearly fascinated by that in, in each and every way that he does it, and I'm glad he's really pulling you in that way too because it's going to make for a fun segment here on the show. When we get Coach's audio, we can talk about <laughs> what he said because I'm sure, I'm sure it was a fun one tonight, especially with the ending the way it went, the, the ice in the kicker, you know, the, the frozen, uh, freezing the kicker at the end with a timeout and, and getting that victory. He never late. looked worried. He never Didn't looked worried. Didn't look worried for a second. He has that lean in. He knew what he was doing. He's, he's seen a lot of coaches do that before, and he he had the form all figured out. Uh, speaking of the Citadel, shout out to the Vice City Bean Coffee Stand downstairs. That was a, a delicious Americano I had to keep me going this late at night here. But uh, they're 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 apparently they're drinking the Americanos downstairs right now because like they're drinking said, something so down there, it is, Travis. It is going Especially off. the DJ, a little Kahlua in it maybe to keep that thing going. But no, you, you talked. I, I mean, you kind of hit the hit the nail on the head there with the things they corrected. And you know, I had in my notes here the one touchdown they gave up. In the passing game, where it looked like we, you know, we were kind of trying to figure out what happened there with. I can't wait for coverage. you to watch the all twenty-two there because that was confusing. We had the dots uh, uh, that were, you know, the the yeah, next gen dots, dots that, that kind of help you get a, a feel for what it was. They kind of they, they drop back into that deep zone coverage, and he, the route comes right underneath Noah Egbenagi over the top of Brandon Jones. Uh, but that's you know stuff to work on. It's you mentioned, you know, the fact that it's not like it used to be where you have you know. How, how many two-a-days or three-a-days? felt like they were all two-a-days <laughs> back then, I could tell you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just different, which is probably good for longevity for players and health and safety and all those things. But, but again, I think you probably do sacrifice some of that early physicality. So the, lo the load management approach is something probably we could talk about because we've seen Teron Armstead get plenty of time down. We saw a lot of Sonny Michelle tonight after he hasn't gotten a whole lot of run in training camp either. Who are some other guys? Tyreek Hill had one day here. You know, Xavier Howard's had a day here and there. Landon Roberts gets some of that stuff. So when those guys take that time off and, you know, I suppose 
the the risk factor is that you come out maybe not as sharp, but then you can come. Well, out. we don't know because those guys didn't play tonight. Yeah, exactly. But the, <laughs> the guys who played didn't have any load management. They were out there, but they still, you know, I think it, it kind of got to get slapped around a little bit before you're, you know, willing to push back. And that's that's what it seemed like tonight. Um, I don't know, but I the good thing is is I think they responded. You know, if they got pushed around like that all evening, then you go home and you say, oh. This this is a little worrisome, and this is not a team. That's a, that's a good football team out there. Although a lot of those good football players weren't playing either, right. and so you know it's like, well, why why are they tougher and more physical than us? But it didn't seem that way for very long. No, it didn't. And that, like you said, for for coach to make that message and talk about being opportunistic and the takeaways and kind of how that you know he, I think one of the first things he said to us when we got him and you know this is a, a joke you'll love Seth the f- first guy I talked to him on the drive time podcast he talked a little bit about <laughs> the complimentary uh, uh, uh. nature of the sport and how he doesn't really care if it's a three nothing win or a 44 to 40 win he just wants to find ways to win and we kind of saw that complimentary you know football come together tonight with the offense hitting their timely plays the big game from the quarterback Jason Sanders the you know the four field goals obviously two great holds plus a great holds from Thomas Morstead good snaps by Blake Ferguson uh, you know let's not, I don't want to overlook this this whole thing. I know we're making a joke here, but he was suited up, and he did one thing tonight, and Held it wasn't punt. He didn't get signed here. Well, I didn't think he got signed here to be the holder, but the reality is they weren't worried about his punting tonight, but they made sure that he was down there to hold. And you look at the final score, those holds were important. And the, the kicks, too, themselves. I mean, that looked like 2020 20, Jason Sanders where the ball just it got up. It went right between the uprights and never curved Connect the right. dots, Travis. Connect, uh, connect the, the dots. dots. You know, again, the second Jason Sarney <laughs> shout-out here on the week one preseason edition of the postgame show. But, I mean, four for four, it's hard to argue with the results, like you said, Big Seth. Banging some 50-yarders there, too. Two those of them. were not, yeah. 54 exactly. and 52, and they both hit the net behind the, the uprights. So that's good from 60 on both of those. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Mazda. You've got to get to Gunther Mazda in Fort Lauderdale to experience a new Mazda SUV on 441 just north of I-595 or visit GuntherMazda.com for car buying done your way. You've got to get to Gunther Mazda. Again, the final score from Tampa, Dolphins 26, Bucks 24. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show presented by the Palm Beaches. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Miami Dolphins football is on the air on the Miami Dolphins radio network. The home of every Miami Dolphins game, AM 560 Sports, WQAM. Let's go ahead and get to our key player of the game, sponsored by Ed Morse. When you buy from Morse, you're backed by Morse with the price protection promise from Ed Morse, Sawgrass Auto Mall, and it came on the defensive side of the football with a touchdown from none other than Sam Egwilvon. And he is hit as he's throwing the football. The ball is the ground. Dolphins pick it up and are running toward the end zone. Was, was that a Egwilvon? Was that a fumble? Yes, it looks like it's a touchdown for the Dolphins. I thought he might be in in the process of throwing the football. Jimmy, that was a close one, but you look at it, it might have been out of his hand. That 
Boy, well, that we'll, is a we'll, tough we'll, one. We'll look at it from the booth. We'll make the decision, the, the instant replay booth. You know, Seth, you always say nobody loves preseason football like myself, but nobody loves preseason football like Sam Egwavon after a four-sack performance last year. Now he's got a defensive touchdown on the board. Yeah, that's a fair point. And what a great play. And look, he let's be honest here. I, I, I think it's safe to say that he maybe struggled a little bit early on. There were some plays we thought he should have made or, uh, you know, a missed tackle. Uh, I know on the touchdown there, uh, JT was talking about that, he, you know, maybe he should have gotten lower there underneath the guard and try to or underneath the fullback and try to take a shot there uh, at the goal line. And, and so there were some concerns there that he wasn't looking like the veteran that we expected him to be. And, boy, don't hold your breath and, or wait too long because there was a loose ball and he seized that opportunity, didn't he? And he, he didn't just pick it up. That would have been great. If he fell on the ball and, and, and you hand the ball to the offense and you give them the short field, hey, that's a great play, a good heads-up play. The worst thing that ever happens is when that ball's out there and everybody's jumping around, the ball's out there, and then they fall on it. Some fat lineman beats your, you know, your supreme athletes to the ball. But that didn't happen, and he not only he didn't fall on it, he scooped and he turned it into points, and so that was great. You saw some of the speed there. I thought his speed was evident all night. This Dolphins defense has a lot of team speed. I thought that was team speed was pretty well apparent. Jumped right off the the screen. Not just offense that gets the marquee, but the defense also has that speed in that linebacker position up front, really all over the entire defense. Seth, it's that time. We've got Coach McDaniel. Let's go ahead and hear from the, the Dolphins head coach in his first post game press conference. Here's Coach. Okay. Yeah. Let's me nervous up here um so how are we doing like it seemed like uh, you were leaning toward resting a lot of starters uh so what else do you that to this season you know it's a it's a balancing act um there's a lot goes into it um i talked to the players about it um i waited all the way until thursday evening to finally stamp it um but i talked to the players on friday that um, it wasn't a necessarily a um, punishment or a reward. Um, it was every individual and where they're at, who needs it to perform on week one. You do your best guess. So it is. Um, it wasn't the we we're just sitting guys um, because they've done X, Y, or Z. It was more um, protecting people against themselves, realizing specific positions that um, guys could get, you know, a little taste of um, a game and then get them out, you know, so it's a balancing act um, that we'll continue to do during the preseason um, to get ourselves best ready for the regular season. Yeah, and, and just in general, it is um, it is not an easy job to play tight end in the offense, and, and so the, you know, we thought that it would benefit them to get them in a little bit, but you know, again, we're trying to protect people too. So you're just, you're just really um, trying to manage all those things and having a scope for the whole preseason. We thought it would be good. We wanted to um, get them a touch and kind of um, get them orchestrated and hearing the offense, um, but also protect them. So I, I was happy. Um, before watching the tape, I was happy with the way he played and how he approached it because, again, it wasn't punishment at all. Yeah, you know, I think I saw it was it made me very happy because like that's what I want to see from the team. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that 
not a lot, but there's probably like 16 or 17 that didn't play a snap that weren't even suited. Um, but what I was happy about was the whole team stayed locked in for their teammates, and they genuinely wanted to win. And you better have a competitive nature in this business um, uh, to be able to succeed in it. And so it, it was cool to see that they, they wanted to finish um, what they started, you know, so I was happy with that. Um, that I, I was, you're never going to be completely happy with a performance. There's, that's the point of being a coach. You know, the day that you have a perfect game, I feel like we should walk off to the sunset. So I, I was happy with how they handled adversity, that things didn't go their way. We kind of st started behind the, um, eight ball a little bit, you know, they, they were, they were running a bunch of pressures. So, um, you know, we were struggling to get the run game going for, for reasons because they were committing to stop it. So uh, I was I was happy how they responded, and there's there's a lot we can learn from a Skyler. Um, you know, it's funny I have to check myself when certain things will happen during a, a game or practice where I'll I'll feel myself getting impatient with him because I've completely forgotten that he's a he's a rookie. You know, but he is a rookie. But uh, you know, to his credit, you know, he uh, we rely on him as a as a veteran. So that that's a, it's a hard thing in this league to um, with a night's sleep go in as a starter. Um, we were pumped to get him that opportunity. I know uh, he feels like, and we'll all feel like he left he left a lot of not a lot, but he left some plays out there. But the biggest thing is we didn't have any turnovers as, as an offense. Um, I think we had one penalty, so that's something to build on positively. And you can't um, have those type of uh, statistics there specifically if you don't have um, efficient, good quarterback play. So it, it was it was cool to watch him. He was pumped. Um, he was very salty in th uh, every series because he was like mad at himself for whatever happened on on the previous series, and that's. That's a good starting point because he he uh, he he didn't shy away from making plays either after he was frustrated. No, so it was it, that was um, one of my favorite parts was at the beginning of the game. I thought the operation was a little slow. We were trying to get the playing pretty fast um, and you know I don't know what he was saying exactly in the huddle but it was just taking a long time to get aligned so I took the opportunity to go t tell him hey dude you need to get the guys in and out of the huddle like um, and he was able to adjust that he did better with that um, while also still taking each play um, one play at a time so that, that was an encouraging thing that you don't know until it's it's real. You know, there's a lot of rookies out there that I think felt more rookie feelings than he did. And he touches the ball every play. So, you know, happy with that. A lot to get better from. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a stud and we're happy to have him.
No, the, um, I was just talking to the team about it. Like, the receiver position in general, you have so many variables that are compounding for you to get opportunities, which is why I say every, every, you know, he was on the field and he's, um, you know, he whether, you know, a couple people have mentioned to me that he's maybe had a quiet camp or whatever. All I've seen him do is do his job. Um, so then that sets you up for success when you continually do your job and then all of a sudden you catch the right coverage or you get the right play call, you know. So, you know, I was happy with that. And I think it's a lesson that, you know, that um, for a lot of guys to take is just be ready for your opportunity. I thought he was ready for this opportunity tonight. I don't, um, the, you know, I, I will always try to defer to, um, you know, I don't want to start pushing a direction that, you know, we, we try to have science in, in our uh, statements so with, with regard to injury. So, um, you know, the, we, there was some concern um, um, definitely for, for his uh, lower extremity, but we'll find out more tomorrow. Um, exactly what it is, but you know he's a competitor, and he did not want to be hurt, and I think that's what you saw from him was emotion that you know he felt he felt like he was making plays, and this was a setback. But that's all it is. Um, however long it takes him, it's a setback. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to um, maybe reflect on the plane for like five minutes. Um, but you know, really in the in the moment, um, you know, you f- I feel such obligation to the organization, the players, the coaches that um, it just felt like uh, you know I was, I was trying to fixate on what my job was at the time. So um, I didn't really get. You know, I, I guess I did feel there were some goosebumps in the national anthem, for sure. But it, you know, you try to do your best to, you know, for me, it, it, there was a lot, a lot of it that felt like practice, um, because if you put yourself in the right mindset each and every day at practice, practice should be like a game in theory, right? So, um, it, I was just focused on doing my job. Um, for you know, for all the players and, and coaches in the organization, um, and the beat writers, um, so uh, that it was it was cool to get that out of the way, um, so that we can um, continue to focus on getting better and and uh, and making everyone the best they can be, you know, for regular season one. Say corner or quarter? Um, I I'm very happy with the with the group. They've been very competitive, and there's a lot of guys that have really gotten better in a couple week in the last couple weeks specifically. Um, now that you have you get some dings, you know you have to kind of reassess again. You have to figure out exactly the timeline. Um, 
but you know, I know Chris and and his staff. Um, he's probably I saw he had his backpack on, so he's probably already started to look at you guys just in case we get we get um, you know un, un unforeseen or really uh, any any bad news tomorrow um, on some on some lengthy injuries, really. So. We'll, we'll just be prepared for whatever is dealt, but we'll find out um, first and foremost uh, what those injuries are and the extent of them um, and move forward, forward from there, really. It's hot in here. <laughs> He's a character. That's head coach Mike McDaniel. We're going to react to Coach's presser here on the other side and a whole heck of a lot more. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Mazda. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Mazda. Again, the final score from Tampa, Dolphins 26, Buccaneers 24. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. You're listening to Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. The home of every Miami Dolphins game. AM 560 Sports WQAM. We heard from head coach Mike McDaniel on the other side. Now I want to go ahead and break down what coach McDaniel said. This is big Sess. Big moment on the show every single <laughs> this is week, it. right? Yeah, we go to this you for the. No, you toss me out of here after this one. No, I want to. I want to toss it to you for this one. Well, and I just, love a good press conference. <laughs> and just hear your thoughts on that because, once again, entertaining and educational. That's my two takeaways. But Seth, what do you think here, man? I, well, it, it was exactly that, and I think that that's what's so fascinating about him is uh, Coach McDaniel is he's so unique in some ways, like it, it, the way he looks, the way he talks, the jokes that he makes. He, there's so many things about him that we have never seen in an NFL head coach, and they stand out. They really stand out. But then there are things that he says that every coach in America at any sport would be like, amen, amen. And, you know, I, I just – that whole concept of it felt a lot like practice to me. And I thought he was going to say because it was a preseason. No, it felt like practice because if you're practicing the right way, then you should be simulating what a game is like. And it should – so the game should feel like what you did in practice. And, and so, I, I mean, that, that, is a, that is as coach-like as anything could ever sound, right? But I guess there's something about the way he describes it to you. So it's just that duality is really interesting – the jokes at the end about it being hot in here or we, you know, they were making him nervous at the beginning was really fun. And I also like how he brought us into the sideline conversation between him and Skylar Thompson. Like, you know, I'm sitting here raving about how the game doesn't look too big for Skylar and he looks patient there and he looks composed. And meanwhile, his head coach is saying, well, nod, Hey dude. I said, Hey dude, you got to get him in and out of the huddle faster. And, you know, he thought the operation was moving too slow. And so it, there, he clearly knows what he wants. And if it doesn't look like what he wants, he's going to jump in there and find a way to get it corrected. That's an example of one of the things that we heard from, you know, really every corner of the football world was, well, yeah, he's he's fun, he's smart, all these things, but can he lead, right? Like that was a question you heard all the time. I was one of those guys. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that was most everyone's honest. first thought. But I thought when I heard him say that about like, hey, dude, like, just the, the expectation that seems to be there with him and his players about, like, we can have fun, but, hey, if you're not getting it out of the huddle the way I want you to, then I'm going to tell you about it, and we're going to get that fixed because it has to get fixed. And so just, like, that that kind of stood out to me as yeah. a, a big part of that presser. But I also thought something you said really stood out to me because the, the comment about it felt like practice because if you practice the way you're supposed to play, then it feels like the same. But that's how the practices have been structured through all of training camp. They I haven't seen seven-on-seven seven one time 
except for in Tampa. They, they, they ran it with the Buccaneers. I've seen one-on-ones at Dolphins camp maybe three or four times, and it's for like five minutes each time. It's fundamentals and 11 on 11 to practice, to get better at football. Why not practice Make it look football? like football? <laughs> so that's, that's a big part that stood out to me about your takeaway from that. And then I wanted to touch on this because you know I'm thinking X's and O's already. When he talked about how they handled adversity, how the, the Bucks were running a bunch of pressures and they couldn't get the run game going because they were committed to stopping it, my thought was try, try committing to the run game when 10 and 17 are out there and see how that works for you on defense against this Dolphins offense. So I kind of thought that was cool to see, you know, those guys bringing an extra hat down in the box, doing some run blitzes. And some pretty good running backs also way. that weren't suited up as well. A couple of those guys. Yeah. that Team gets a whole lot faster <laughs> when they when they put those guys out in the field. Absolutely. And we sure. saw Savon Ahmed tonight. He's got a little speed to burn. Some Miles Gaskin, Jared Dokes, I think Zaquandre White got some action there late. But, yeah, no Chase Edmonds. No Raheem Moster in the game. A little bit of Sonny Michelle early on as well. But that was kind of my big takeaway. Also liked the way he he spoke about Lynn Bowden there in the middle of that press conference. Yep. He was asked about him, and you know he said that the the takeaway there is to be ready for your opportunity. Because as we job. talked about earlier, Seth, right? He he wasn't as involved in training camp, but here you come into a game. Never know. Stay, if you if you stay ready, you don't got to get. You ain't got to get ready. That's exactly right. How about also another thing? I wrote a note down here. He had completely forgotten that Skylar Thompson was a rookie. <laughs> Have you ever heard that from a seventh-round draft choice at that position, the hardest position to play in any sport, and he had forgotten that the guy was a rookie? He talked about receivers where, you know, they're rookies and they're wondering oh, how their, their minds are blown because they, they have to line up so far off the ball or whatever, you know, and all these different things. He, you know, when you forget that your seventh-round draft choice at the quarterback position is a rookie, that says a lot about that young man. You know, and then you go back. I think I read he was a four-year captain in college. How hard is that? Yeah. You, you, you walk out of high school, you get your diploma, and then you walk out there with with some monsters, right? You know, the the jump from high school to college at the quarterback position has to be unbelievable. And he immediately was a captain, and I think he's carrying some of that same maturity into the NFL if his head coach is forgetting that he's a rookie. Yeah, no question about it. And to, to kind of remind himself to pull back, right, and say, oh, yeah, he is a rookie, so right. we'll give him some leeway here. But that's the kind of hard coaching that's going to get Skyler ready to play. And, and you know, the way he approaches he it, too, certainly will, will help. And he was certainly ready tonight with a big, big performance. Uh, one more thing here that I, th- I thought maybe you would like, too, that, that stood out to me was, you know, I don't know if you if you saw Teron Armstead's press conference from Tampa Bay where, you know, Seth, I'll go ahead and say it. I asked him the question because it was <laughs> a theme. You love to tell us when it was your question. <laughs> it was a it's theme that I had established, a through line that I was very <laughs> proud of because it started with Coach McDaniel about, you know, he, he had said something about playing for each other and how important that was to him. So I thought, why don't I ask some of the players that same question and get their perspective? And, you know, Tyreek had a great comment about blocking downfield for your teammates is a, is a good way to do that as a receiver. And Teron Armstead had talked about how, being aware that everything you do impacts your teammates. So if I, you know, if I leave a certain spot on the field and I, I leave a block for Liam Eichenberg that he's not ready to block because I was supposed to have that guy, that looks like his fault, but it's on me. And just being aware of my impact to the rest of my teammates. And so for Coach McDaniel to t- come out and say that he thought that guys stayed locked in for their teammates and they all wanted to win and that you better have that competitive nature in this business it just takes me back to one of our themes of the offseason where it was they didn't just go out and get these talented players like a Tyreek Hill, like a Teron Armstead, but man, Seth, the impact in those rooms 
just from the way those guys' energy and work ethic and the way they carry themselves, it's had such an intangible impact that I don't think you can measure. But when you see it daily, you kind of start to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, it sure seems like that from an outsider looking in. And obviously, once they start playing games that count, then you know we'll we'll see what how that manifests itself. But you're right, the leadership does stand out. I think that if you followed this team for quite some time, really going all the way back to well, I mean, you could probably pick and choose some guys, but I, I there's a little bias here. But I would go back to the JT and Zach days. But there have been a lot of times where they've questioned, do they have enough leadership on this team? And you had some guys existing here, and certainly Xavier Howard is one of those guys. But when you see what those guys are saying, and not just in the press conferences, but you see the way they're interacting, and where I think the proof is in the pudding is when you hear what other players, particularly young players, are saying about those guys and how meaningful those guys are to them, you start to see that impact. And, and if nothing else, this team is locked in, as Coach McDaniel said. You can see that they're having fun. The energy is high. Everybody's heading into this camp. We've seen a lot of first-year head coaches, and I don't mean first-year. Well, we've seen a lot of first-time head coaches <laughs> and first-year head coaches just because of the what the last 20-something years have been and a lot of coaching changes. And, and a lot of times when there's a new head coach, there's concern, there's fear. No matter who you are, nobody's safe. Am I one of his guys? Am I in the bubble? But morale seems to be at an all-time high at this stage. And that's exciting going into a season when the team is that close-knit. And they, are, they do have that great morale. And they are supporting one another. And, and again, hopefully that manifests uh, into some wins. It will manifest. If they, if they do win, it'll only continue to get better, right? And then we'll see if, if it goes the other way. They'll, they'll be that's the easiest their, way yeah. to love your teammates is to win a bunch of ball He's games. He's talked about that plenty of times. Like, I understand that if I, you know, if I start off a certain way, then that, that narrative changes quickly. And it's incumbent upon me to fix that back in the other direction we'll see how that goes yeah, let's here not start off that way i like yeah. giving out games. yeah balls. me too and i know it's, you sure as hell do it's been a slow start the last couple of years if they can turn that around this year hopefully it will have positive results on the end results uh this season we've got drive of the game coming up i want to talk about this rookie class some more because it looks pretty good so far hour two still to come here dolphins post game is driven by gunther mazda for car buying done your way you gotta get to gunther mazda again the final score dolphins 26 bucks 24 you're listening to the the fifth quarter postgame show presented by the Palm Beaches. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.